So hello everybody. This is uh, Veronica Moonstream Wolf Eagle. Nibau said Cebusis Malsum Jiblogin. Fire Breathing Bear Speaks Crystal Woman. Skudo Lauden Muin Lewestuk. And we welcome you back to our uh, next episode. Um, today we have a youth with us. Um, we're going with a guest speaker again. Um, so Dane Martin is um, one of our youth from, um, we had a program for fire keepers and um, learning our, you know, Wolastikwe culture. And Dane has had the opportunity to grow up traditionally with his mother and his family. And so it's really good as a youth. He's been very active in the community. And so I felt that he was a good candidate to come and since he was part of that training and you know he does many things within the community so he can share uh, what he likes about that but I thought since we use fire so much um, in the community for ceremonies uh, for prayers when people are sick and having surgeries um, when we have deaths um, there's just so many reasons to have a fire of course with the sweat lodge and then when we have our fasts and uh, vision quest programs so many meetings now even um, in communities they'll have a sacred fire going to the meeting so it's really great to hear that um, you know our community was having a program to specifically um, apprentice people because we do have a lot of um, very gifted people in our community, and it is important that we can um, get the youth involved and get other people to really formally pass our teachings down to, and so that it is going to continue and it is going to grow. Um, so it's uh, really exciting to have, you know, people taking the course and uh, have the opportunity to work with so many different elders and knowledge keepers. So with that, um, I'd like to welcome Dane Martin and um, just start off with maybe um, how did you get started as a, as a firekeeper? All right. Well, started when I was little, actually. I got involved because my mom. And I'm thankful for that. I got involved at a very young age, maybe around five years old, maybe younger. And uh, ever since then, I've just been a firekeeper and helping out around the community any way I can. Oh, that's great. And that really is the difference with growing up traditionally that, like, that's what we always did, right? You just learn from the elders, our parents, and um, then found, you know, what we're good at. And, you know, that's certainly something you've been very good at. Um, and at the age of five, it, it helps to bring that traditional teachings into your brain and, and way of, of thinking. Um, so how many youth did you work with um, taking the course that was offered here on the community? I'm not sure right off my head, but I think it was a bit more than 10. 
That's great. And have you had somebody, as you've been growing up, that's helped you, another child and then youth? Yeah. So some of your friends or? Yeah. That's good. So what do you think? Um, do you feel that you get messages from the fire or what differences do you maybe see from, like, a, I've, you know, saying we have different fires when we're praying for somebody, when we're, um, I know when my, my niece was sick with COVID really bad and um, I had asked for a sacred fire and I I know you had helped and I was very grateful for that. And, um, you know, my niece ended up moving up here and I think by having that fire, it she was already that much more part of the community and people were much more welcoming because they've already prayed for her. So do you see a difference in the fire when it's um, praying for someone that's sick or for someone that's crossed over? Yeah. I personally haven't got any like messages from the fire, but I believe people do in a, I believe other people do in a time of need. Yeah, I had one elder that um, they would ask the people before the sweat, you know, at the end of the sweat, give us a message from the fire. So that was something that, but that was always kind of like this one person that I knew that did that. And um, so I thought that was unique. Um, I've also known other people that they wouldn't do any sweat lodges, that they just dedicated themselves for a year or something to to do in the fire. So do you uh, go into the sweat lodge, and how often do you uh, sweat? I actually haven't been in a sweat lodge for a while. I do whenever I can, but just haven't really had the opportunity to go. Yeah, well, COVID put a... <laughs> kibosh on the number of uh, sweats we had going there for a while. Um, were you able to just do the sweat, or did you also keep fire when you... Uh, yeah, I was able to do just the sweat. Yeah, because I often find sometimes that we always don't have those door people, and that's why I was glad with that project that there'd be more people that can keep fire. And um, So all through the years, it's been you know, different circumstances <laughs> of whether someone just keeps door or whether they come in or, or not. Um, have you gone with the uh, Firekeeper program to some of the other communities? I have, yes, recently. I went to St. Mary's First Nation keep uh, or help keep the fire up there and learn more from the elders. Oh, that's great. When did you do that? Um, about a week ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just had the big graduation of the language speakers there, and so um, that's nice to see, and they're having a gathering uh, the weekend of Mother's Day for all the matriarch, uh, matriarchs of the community, and so I'm hoping my mother can go. It's her birthday, <laughs> May 13th. So she's going to be 92, and, and we have five generations. So um, I have liked when we've had sacred fires at the different gatherings, and I think that's really nice for the weekend to, you know. 
And they broke it up nice that you kind of show up for, for lunch and then you're done Sunday at lunch so people can still go do their Mother Day things. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And um, so I think the different communities will all be there for that. And I know when I was out in the Yukon, we had with the mental wellness teams a gathering and they had the sacred fire outside, but then they had a camera screen <laughs> on the sacred fire. So the whole time when you're in there doing the workshops and, and the things of the gathering, they um, had the fire there uh, going and you could watch it. And then you would see when people would go out there and, and do offerings. And um, Can you talk a little bit about when you're first getting ready to start the fire of um, what your process is? Well, I think everyone else, everyone has a different way of starting the fire, but it all ends up kind of being the same. For me, I offer tobacco to all four directions and to Mother Earth and the sky. And uh, then I just stack the wood afterwards and then start it. Offer uh, different medicines to the fire, too. Yeah, I've always... Uh... I learned with uh, my sweat and working with others, we would lay four um, logs in one direction and then four the other. Then we'd awful be offering tobacco at different times, but then we'd have the the stones for the sweat fire. And, and then usually, you know, with every piece of wood on the fire, people are saying prayers and and I think that helps a lot in that uh, transformation process. Um, do you have a preference between doing sacred fires for the community or when you've done, you know, for sweat lodges or a gathering? No, I don't really do have a preference, uh, preference. You just enjoy being able to... Be there next to the fire. Yeah. Oh, that's really great to hear. Um, so when it comes to spirituality, like we're sponsored by the Spiritual and Cultural Health Committee and through the Nagokok Health Center here. And um, so that's why I've always been asking people for me, I've always looked at spirituality was about love, honor, respect, and acceptance. And that culture are the things that we pass down. So do you find yourself passing on the teachings? Was, was that a part of the program? or? Um, yeah. You're taking in younger kids to work with you or just whoever's there at the time? Yeah, if there's younger kids around the fire, I teach them what I can. And I even teach some older adults, too. Yeah, I know. My mother, she always says, well, I think they skipped a generation with us because <laughs> they had the Indian Day School. And um, so, yeah, she always said that the Catholic Church was good to her, but she respected our traditions. And so I became the other way to say, well, I'll respect the Catholic Church, but the traditions have been good to me. Um, 
So I like the different ways that um, our culture is about sharing that knowledge. And that's part of what these podcasts are all about, too. Um, people have different gifts. And so um, even with some of our last speaker, they were artists. And, you know, so I always find with that gift, um, do you do arts and crafts or write or what are some of your hobbies? I just love being out in the woods whenever I can. And uh, I don't really do arts and crafts, but I'm like dream catchers and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you do any of the hunting and fishing with the groups that go out? Sometimes with the groups, sometimes just alone up in the woods or around here. Yeah. You just take nice walks and enjoy the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The land does have so much to uh, teach us. Um can you describe a little of what you see, the difference when you start the fire and then after it's been burning for days? Mm. Well, when I first start the fire, I notice, um, I'm not sure what I notice, honestly. I'm not sure what really to say. Well, sometimes I think there's like that transformation, right? Because it's first just that piece of wood and then it turns into coals and I know a lot of people like to kind of look in the fire and you know it's kind of breathing and stuff like that so I didn't know um if you know watching it over the days that you see that that process changes at all or or a difference when people come and pray I know when we've had some of the like memorial stuff with the residential school survivors and we had a sacred fire going at Marty Bear's house, then everybody came to offer their tobacco into the fire. And, you know, so it's a nice process to witness people come and, and offer that tobacco. And so I wonder how that is for you too, to be there and, Certainly, I know you, you helped me when I was crying about my niece, and, you know, you were comforting, and um, so I felt very supportive and uh, appreciated that. And so I think that is the big thing that I've seen just over the years for all the communities to accept that fire more and more. Um, and even when you just, how many people just light fires, right, to hang out at night and Certainly with summertime coming, you know, there's a lot more fires in the community. Um, so as a youth, um, what have you been able to learn about your spirituality? Mm. How do you see spirituality in your life? Uh, I don't know say about that either have you had a lot of the medicine wheel teachings or yeah I know I had uh, Alan Solace or no um, Norma referred to spirit as the soul 
that you had physical, mental, emotional, and soul energy. And I thought that was really um, something new that I had heard. So I would think you've been exposed to different teachers. And um, so I don't know how you, you know, then can view what the spirit is versus the physical, mental, emotional. Um, did you feel your spirit get stronger as you did the teachings with everybody else? Yes. And does that help you today in your your life? Yes. Do you work with all the different elements? Like, I know with youth, you know, there's a lot of troubling times. There's a lot of people that got, they have anxiety and depressions and things like that. Do you notice that in, you know, the community or in school and and other places that you travel? Yeah, I do. Do you think that they could learn from maybe being a part of the FIRE program? Yeah, I I think it would help a lot of people out. They've started a new... um, Feather Carriers program that I did this past year, and we had some teachers from out west, and and it's wanting to go away from, you know, looking at it as suicide prevention, but more as life promotion. So how can we promote people to live and expand, you know, their lives? Um, so I wonder... As someone comforting somebody, you know, how that feels for you? Do you do you feel some of that expansion in your life or um, some of the people at the fire? Do you think um, that's helped them to grow in their spirituality? Yeah, I believe it does. It does. Yeah, it's definitely one of the, the bigger elements that we have. Um so if there was a message for other youth, what would you encourage them? just want to see more youth outside doing stuff outside and uh, be more involved with their communities. Yeah. And so you're out there having fun along the way? Yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing for fun these days? Mm-hmm. Playing on my games inside, but I think everybody's got a bit of gaming in them. <laughs> yeah, but I do go outside whenever I can. Yeah, yeah, we are fortunate to have the powwow grounds and um, the ball fields and just all the different activities. So, well, I appreciate you coming out today to share with us. Um, so is uh, is that enough for you is the message you want to give, just to see the youth come out more and uh, take a part of things? Yeah, I'd like to see a lot more youth in our community and all the other communities to be more active outside and more active in the community. Have you seen that they're um, wanting to have a cultural longhouse in our community? They just put out a survey I received this week. I, I don't no, know I didn't see you, that. Yeah, they're, um, they want to build a longhouse and have a sacred space 
a safe space. So for the people that are two-spirit, lesbian, gay, trans, and then um, for the women and children and, you know, the whole community, but definitely to make sure that people that are coming out, that they feel safe. And so um, we'll have our leadership in our community know that that's uh, in your mailboxes. And um, so if you haven't heard of it, there, if you do the survey they have about the questions, then they're giving away uh, $500 or a PS5. So if you want to take that gaming to another level <laughs> or enjoy some cash, fill out the survey. And, um, and that's what they're working on this, this year is to um, see what people think is in a safe space and um, how we create that more for our community. So thank you very much for sharing um, your perspective as a youth and someone that's grown up traditionally. Um, we'll leave into your mother, Tina Pearly Martin, and for raising such a good son. I've watched you all these years. I, I moved up here in 94, and I've watched you grow and, and just do the different posts. And, you know, I, was, I really thought about you, and I was like, well, who do I want to have as guests? And... So I really admire you for all the work that you've done in the community for me personally and, and for all the community because when that fire is burning, it really is going out and that's raising the energy. And so you really are a part then of, of lifting the spirits of everybody in our community. So you've really grown into a really good young man. And so I look forward to see what else you're going to be doing in your life and uh, for our community. So thank you. We'll leave in. Uh -huh. So we thank the uh, Spiritual and Cultural Health Committee for allowing us to be here in the Nook-Cook Health Center and Health Services for providing for us to be able to do these podcasts. And uh, everybody have a good day, good night. Leaving so down the bamak all my relations. <laughs> <laughs>